Yes, indeed. The war is on. And Lord God, we thank you for your protection in that war. Lord, it has already been won because you are the victorious one. You're the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator of heaven and earth. And so we thank you, Lord, that we have committed ourselves to you. You are the captain of the hosts. And we thank you for your safety and your divine protection for all of us, those who work and labor, who stand and having done all, stand and and, uh, declare the truth, the revelation of your truth, the kingdom of God, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth, in and through us as it's being done, declared in heaven. We declare and praise you and thank you for those of uh, of our ranks that you have taken home recently. We thank you, Lord God, that you do all things well, that you protect those of us yet on the earth uh, laboring. Cover us with your blood, your, your protections. And, Lord, we thank you again for wisdom in this spiritual battle. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive that revelation that we will not grow weary in well-doing, but we will actually be activated by the intensity of the times to know and to do uh, and declare your will and see you do your deeds on this earth in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, here we are. Here we are. At the season of October. Oh, yes. The wonderful. Halloween. Oh, my goodness. And we've talked about Halloween a lot, and I think people already should know what it is. But but people don't, you know, don't understand the import of that. But we want to talk today about demons. Oh, yes. And it's like, oh, it's almost a forbidden topic. Oh, it's intriguing. Or or people say, well, you know, they have a bad habit or something, and they say, well, it's my demons, and got to deal with this. So. The Bible talks a lot about demons. Okay, in the New Testament, mm-hmm. Jesus was is confronting demons. All the time. He's casting them out. Um, the, Dealing we with see them. demons are are having great harmful effects on people. Um, but these demons, and where, where did they? Where do they come from? Are they? I mean, are they Satan's babies, or what's the deal? <laughs> That's very well. Good way to put it. Well. Actually, um, you're not far from wrong, because in the book of Genesis, chapter six, we talk, we hear that the, the um, uh, what happened was that the fallen angels, several several hundreds of them, um, decided to have uh, offspring, and so they came and mated with the the daughters of men because they were beautiful, and they had they bore them exceeding great giants, and these giants were um, in the earth. And eating the people and uh, destroying everything. And finally, God took action against them because this was Satan had purposely plotted to uh, corrupt human DNA by mixing it with fallen angel DNA so that there would be no human DNA left to bring forth the head crusher, the seed, the promise uh, from the seed of the woman. And so that was Satan's first attempt to destroy God's plan of bringing a savior was actually to corrupt the DNA. So when you have this, now it's interesting in the book of Enoch, some of you have heard of it and, and maybe have looked at it, but... Some refer to the book of Enoch as an extra biblical, biblically endorsed book. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And a lot of the um, segments 
uh, of the book of Enoch were actually incorporated into the New Testament in Jude and Peter and various other right, writers. Right. But I want to just read this little portion here in the book of Enoch um, about where did the demons come from. So after God declared that the giants had to die, now remember, the giants were composed of Satan's seed uh, so. and the woman's seed. So these giants were half-breeds, if you will. It says, now the giants who are produced from the spirits, and from, from the spirits, that would be the fallen angels, mm-hmm. and flesh shall be called evil spirits upon the earth, and on the earth shall be their dwelling. Evil spirits have proceeded from their bodies because they are born from men, and from the holy watchers is their beginning and primal origin. They shall be called evil spirits on the earth, and evil spirits they shall be called. Um, because and, and because they were relegated to the earth, it says they will remain, their dwelling shall be on the earth. Uh, the, these demons now, once the giant bodies, the bodies of the giants that the demons lived in, died, these demons were half human, half fallen angels, so they really were relegated to the earth. They couldn't go anywhere. They couldn't go to heaven. They couldn't go to earth. And because their giant bodies, the hosts, had died, they were now disembodied spirits. So a demon is a disembodied spirit, and it still has a uh, thought process. It still has emotions. It still personality, has appa- personality, right. appetites, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, and I'll let me just read one more paragraph line from the Book of Enoch here. And the spirits of the giants afflict, not the spirits, that'd be the demons, the spirits of the giants afflict, oppress, destroy, attack, do battle, and work destruction on the earth and cause trouble. They take no food, but nevertheless they're hungry and thirst and cause offenses. And these spirits shall rise up against the children of men and against the women because they have proceeded from them. Wow. So there, there is there is a short history of of uh, the demons and and what they're doing, and it, you know what they're doing on the earth certainly continues today. Now, mm-hmm. um, so what about you know demons? Some some people say, oh, you know, have the idea that uh, demons are simply for people that are involved in deep witchcraft or satanic deep satanic activity, human sacrifices and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But what what are some of the things that these demons are doing in the earth today? Well, it's more than I can tell you in 20 minutes. Yeah, but sure. I can tell you that they are acting behind the scenes in just about every human interaction, word, mm-hmm. conversation, relationship, uh, both internal and external. Now, wait a minute. What about some people that say, and, and some believers that say, well, we should not be focusing on demons. We need to be focusing on Jesus. And, of course, we need to be focusing on De- Jesus. But w- the thing well, is, what you, you know, if we, we can't ignore what's going on. Well, I, I think that's just a kind of a rhetorical wasted argument because focusing on this, focusing on that, um, we walk through this world, and this world is filled with with demons. Filled the, uh-huh. and this, wor- like <laughs> yeah. Martin Luther wrote about, yeah. and this word world well, with demons filled, filled. Yeah. shall threaten to undo us. Right, and I think it, it's important for us to understand what demons do. Now, let me just make a, a quick distinction between a demon and a fallen angel, or or a, a the devil. The the devil has many names: Satan, uh, the devil. Lucifer, Sir Apollyon. Um, yes, Satan. I guess I said that mm-hmm. one. Right. But anyway, the, those are a different world. class. Demons are not fallen angels. 
they're a half, they're half fallen angel because their fathers were the watchers of fallen angels, but their mothers were humans. So they understand humans very well and they like, they have to hang out in them. And I think what's important to understand is, you know, they have to hang out in them. That's Yeah. The human beings are their hosts. And if, if they can't find a host, like a human body, because that's the best places that they get their most needs met, then they will sometimes hang out in a haunted house or in an object or something until they can get a better, a better place to, to hang out. Um, but I want to go into just if you, you know, if you have any more questions, maybe they'll come up in these answers. Uh, but I want to talk to us about how Jesus dealt with demons because it will give you a lot of information very indirectly. It's kind of subtle in a way. Can I can I start out with a dramatic one? Sure. More in, in Matthew eight twenty eight, and it says of Jesus when he had come to the other side, other side of the Sea of Galilee, mm-hmm. to the country of the Gergesenes, there met him two demon possessed men coming out of the tombs exceedingly fierce so that no one could pass that way. And suddenly they cried out, What have we to do with you, Jesus, you Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Mm-hmm. Now we go, we'll go. we revisit that statement in a yeah. moment. Yeah. Now a good way off from them, there was a herd of many swine feeding. So the demons begged him, saying, If you cast us out, permit us to go away if you cast us out if 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 you cast us out (laughs) permit us to go into the herd of swine and he said to them go so that when they had come out they went into the herd of swine uh pigs and suddenly the whole herd of swine went violently violently down to a steep place into the sea and perished in the water and of course the people that had the pigs and you know freaked out about it but so this is this is a very Mm-hmm. A, a very dramatic right. type of thing, you know, demon. And we say, does possessed. something like this still happen today? Absolutely, all the time. Uh, but people put different terminology on it, and so it doesn't look like what it really is. They call it maybe um, hallucinations, psychotic episodes, um, mental illness, uh, nervous breakdowns, well, listen, listen. Uh, hearing voices. Right, all this stuff, too. There are... It's interesting. There's increasing numbers of diagnoses right. that people have. It's it's increasing every day. If you look at diagnoses for different human problems and situations, it, it it's just growing every day. But coming up with new terms. We know this for is this. this is all to cover up what's really going right, on. Right. Right. So it says in verse twenty nine, and suddenly they they now the demon possessed men are are coming out of the tombs. But we also see in Mark. We have an individual in the in the temple, in the synagogue, I should say, who, when Jesus walked by after Jesus had finished his sermon, um, the the demon rose up and in the in the man, there was a congregant, a person in the congregation, who, when Jesus walked by, um, uh, he right said, there, he right said, right there in church, you might say, yeah, uh, okay. he entered the synagogue, he did his teaching, uh, and then this man spoke up, and now there was a man in the synagogue with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, saying, let us alone. Now notice there's one man and there's a plural response. So we see here from this obvious grammatical, you know, expression, us, that there was um, more than one. There was something else in this man that was speaking through the man's voice, which the demons also can do. So let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? 
I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And then Jesus rebuked him and scolded him, said, shut up, be quiet, and, co- and come out of him. So he wasn't wanting to be exposed at that point in time as to who he was. And the same thing is going on in Matthew 8, um, where they, they're saying, have you come uh, to torment us before the time? Before so this, the time. this is very interesting because it shows us, as a, it takes us all the way back to Enoch, that these demons, they were permitted for a time by God, permitted to be on the earth because they had a... Um, uh, that's where he told them they had to stay. Their, their fathers, the, the angels, the fallen angels, were locked up under the hills for 70 generations. And the human women probably just died and whatever. But these demons, so they were given permission to operate on the earth for a time. And so they said to Jesus, what, what, whoa, 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 have you come to torment us before the time? They knew there was a time of torment coming, but they also knew that they had a certain amount of time. They didn't know how much. To, to, to uh, carry on their activities. Right. And so we see that, that Jesus and them, they already knew each other. They already had met way back in the beginning of when this happened in Genesis so the, 6. And James says the demons also believe and tremble. So and they, they believe that there's they, one God. Isn't that interesting? In J- yeah, James, they believe that there is one God. Now, what do they promote among us? That there's many gods, many, gods. many operations. Pick your God. Yeah. And, and you can be your own God or you can worship mm-hmm. idols and you know blah, 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 and you know, make deals with the devil, whatever. But they already know there's one. And so when they saw Jesus in the temple, when they saw Jesus coming uh, in, in Matthew. With they these, thought, uh-oh. Yeah, we're, we're in trouble. And so then they started to make a deal with him. Um, so they have minds, uh, reasoning abilities. And, and, you know, obviously they use that on us all the time with rationaling, rationalizing so they, and reasoning. So they were speaking... Making the, a deal with Jesus, trying right. to make a deal. Yeah. Let us go into the pigs, because they knew that they weren't going to get to stay in the men. So they were using this man's voice in some way? Oh, absolutely. They were yeah. speaking through. Oh, and sometimes you can hear that in people's voices. Their voices change. You see it in their eyes. Black eyes kind of come out. You can, p- People many times have reported they see a demon in someone's yeah. face, uh, or he changed. That is a demon, but they're so freaked out by it, they don't even want to ex- explain it that way. They just say... You know, it was freaking out, but they, they don't really identify, whoa, I just saw this uh, the, this man's demon. I just, you know, and if people need to understand that that happens almost a lot, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, they asked him if they could go into the pigs. Now, why did they do that? Because they wanted a body. And obviously from this, we also learned about demons. They can go into animals. They can possess certain animals, and they can also reside in objects and in places and that's what we where we get the haunted houses because a lot of times when people die they're familiar spirits those things that are familiar with them that they're used to that are used to them that have lived there that have kind of lived with them in their life when the human body dies these demons are homeless and so that's why a lot of them they don't know where to go and they're waiting for their next assignment, so to speak. So they just stay in the house. They stay in the bedroom. They stay in the, you know, where the where the the seance was. They stay where they feel most comfortable, and and or if if a de- if an object has been dedicated to them, the accursed objects, they feel comfortable there. So when you bring an accursed object, for example, into your house, not knowing, or you think it's a, a unique, or it's From a, a souvenir shop, or, or whatever, something. yeah, you you're starting to you're letting it. You've permitted it to come in. That is like a landing strip for Satan, and that's why those 
a cursed object. You bring him into your house, and all of a sudden, things start changing in the atmosphere. People fight more. There's there's calamities. There's troubles happening. You don't even, re- you even, don't go back to the root even, of what it could be. Even sicknesses and diseases. Absolutely, people die. We've done this: cast out demons out of houses where people were sick in the house because the person that lived there before them died in the house or was sick in the house, and that spirit just lingered on after that first person died. And so now it's affecting the one who gets the bedroom next. And this happens and people just need to be aware of these things. If you put a child, for example, in a, in a room and they freak out and can't sleep and have drama and trauma and nightmares and stuff, you may need to cleanse that room because you may have something going on there. But anyway, so these demons knew about Jesus. They tried to make a deal with him. He let him go into the swine. It was kind of a joke because they got into the swine. They didn't get to stay there very long because the swine died. But I want to go into another one real quick. Um, and there's many of these passages. And where the, when the demons left, suddenly people were healed. Suddenly they were cured because the sickness uh, or the affliction was coming from the presence of the demon. But in Luke 11... Um, one other thing about the demons, he's talking about the kingdom of God. Uh, when something is divided, a kingdom is divided, it's brought to desolation. He's saying, they were saying, you're casting out demons by the by demons, by the power of demons. He says, why would I do that? Because they don't do that. They don't divide their own kingdom against themselves. They know what they're doing. And they're setting it up to look like something like that. But they're really playing a game, a trick with you. But he says, when, when you literally, legally, cast out a demon, an unclean spirit. And most of all, if you don't know how to name a demon, because it's best to name them, actually, by what they do, or the, the um, uh, territorial spirits by what they hold on to. But this, this he says, um, this unclean spirit, verse 24 of 11 of Luke, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, this unclean spirit goes, it's a demon, a familiar spirit, same thing. He goes through dry places seeking rest, like they... They were seeking a place to go when they were talking with Jesus. And finding none, he says, so he, he, he didn't do a good job, you know, house hunting, I guess. Um, he said, I will return to, the, to my house from which I came. So he's going to go back. But he knew he has already kicked out and there was already stuff in place to keep him out. Doors had been barred. Maybe the guy had gotten some revelation and wanted to stay clean or whatever. He says, and, and when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. Oh, no, the guy's taken back his house. Oh, no. So then the demon says, he goes and takes with him seven other spirits, more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there, and the last state of the man is worse than the first. So what has the demon got to do here? He's got to go find some friends. They have to make a plan. They have some rational thinking or some intelligence here. They're setting up a plan. He's finding ones that are more wicked. He's going to share the place with them because he wants to get back in, and it's better to have a little place than no place. And so they make. And so you notice when people get delivered, here's the big problem. It's not so hard to get delivered from a demon. It's hard to stay delivered from a demon because when people are delivered, they're not taught you've got to fill that place up now with holiness, with you know, with the word of God, with the dedication to follow Jesus Christ, with a commitment to Him, with walking in the truth. Mm-hmm. You have to be discipled. You have to make that strong. And yet, because there's many demons that have weakened the person, because they build strongholds. I believe they live in the strongholds. The strongholds are built with the lies. So you may have one operating demon, one or two that are prominent 
maybe uh, maybe it's an eating disorder, maybe it's a porno- pornographic addiction, whatever it is. But behind that, uh, uh, you know, supporting that, the support system of that demon structure are many other things. And maybe, for example, in a pornographic addiction, you're, the, the demon, the unclean spirit, wants to look at that image. He wants to drag you in. He wants to defile you. He wants to make you feel bad, mm-hmm. guilty, terrible, mm-hmm. unworthy, et cetera, et cetera. But then um, if you get that spirit out, that unclean spirit, you have to also get the, 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 the support system out, which is like, for example, in this particular case would be something like, I'm no good, I'm ashamed, I've sinned, God's mad at me. All these other lies that are in there that have to be removed. And the truth is that you you were deceived by the devil, God loves you, um, you are delivered, you don't have to go back to this. And there's all and, the, and another big fat demon that shouts into our ears a lot is, it's never going to change, it's never going to change, nothing's changing. It's really. I was working with someone just yesterday, believe it or not, on the phone um, in a three-way conversation and they were having these demonic um, uh, apparitions, hallucinations, delusions, whatever, seeing demons in windows and, 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 and freaking them out and stuff like that. And uh, we were praying, and, and the, the woman was not even able to use her own voice. It was like something had bound a, a band or a tight string or something around her voice, and she was screeching and trying to talk and trying, very panicky and very fearful, mm-hmm. trying to communicate what was going on. And of course, it's on the phone, it's a three-way conversation, I'm missing about every fourth word, da-da-da, kind of a not the best. But anyway, um, one of the things the demon was saying to her was, it's not going, it's not changing, nothing's changing, you know, just, just, Mm -hmm. and I said, that is another demon telling you that there's nothing happening here, there's nothing changing to, to discourage you, to defeat you, and that needs to be addressed as a demon. How many times, even in your own thinking, uh, when you're trying to change something, by the way, changing is the Holy Spirit's job, not yours. But anyway, we're trying to vic- get victory and quit something or whatever. And and what the, thir- the first thing that pops up back into our mind is, it's not working. This casting out is not working. This this uh, attempt to change is not working. It's not going. It's still here. Um, I can still see it. You know. And when okay, so when that was going on. I said basically to myself, okay, thank you for telling me what's going on. Then I went, I didn't say that to her. I just said, okay. And then I went after the demon. I said, okay, you lying spirit that's telling her that this is not changing. You, I'm telling you, get up and go to the exit door now of, of her life in Jesus' name. You kind of, I cast them out that way. You don't have to do it not my way. You can do whatever you want. That works. Um, so I just, and by the way, before you do any of this, please, please, for your sake and the sake of your family, plead the blood of Jesus, the protection of the Holy Spirit over you mm-hmm. and all that pertains to you, your family, your health, whatever. Just just kind of just do it. I mean, the Lord is there to protect you, but you're there to reinforce that, re-acknowledge that, declare that, so that you are fresh in your mind that God is with you, the blood is protecting you, and um, you're safe to do this because um, the demons don't like to be jerked out of their places. So anyway... I started dealing with her about these demons that were saying, I'm still here. It's still here. He's not going. And then I said to her, I says, you know what? The one that's saying it's still here is a demon that's trying to tell you that's you mm-hmm. talking to you about this thing. No, that's a demon who's lying to you because he's trying to tell you, discourage you and, and freak you out. So then we told that spirit and several like him to go get out. And then she was able to see, oh, 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 that's... And then she was able to see that there was another spirit that was strangling her voice, trying to keep her from talking. And sometimes you run into a mute spirit, as Jesus did in the uh, story of the, the little boy with the, um, the, the deaf and dumb spirit. Now, a mute spirit is hard to deal with, obviously, because they don't 
say anything. And it's hard for you to deal with something that's not manifesting. And so when the demons do manifest, it's very good because don't freak out. That is a yay. That is like, okay, good. Now we can deal with it because it is actually, uh, we've, we've found it in its hiding place. Well, now are there, with, you know, we're talking about deliverance, right? And, it, and it's sometimes people will freak out just thinking, oh man, are there demons living in me? Are there demons talking through me? And then, okay, if I get, you know, delivered, is there going to be some uh, tortuous, um, super dramatic event, you know, like depicted in some of the movies, like The Exorcist or something like that? Well, good questions. Let me start at the top here. Uh, Are demons living in me? Um, Well, you are a physical entity. They need a host. They don't have a body. They're disembodied. They, they've lost their giant bodies. And since then, they've been... And Jesus knew that when he came down here. He, he just cast them out right and left, right and left. They were causing infirmities. They were causing um, the woman whose little daughter, you know, the Syrophoenician woman, her daughter was at home, severely tormented with a demon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the little boy who was cured, um, the child who was cured in Matthew 17, 18 throwing yeah, himself and, into the fire. Yeah, and, and that's another thing. When the demons leave, a lot of times there is a manifestation, like, uh, you know, so it's a kind of a, uh, a proof that there was something there. They'll convulse. That's more one of the more dramatic things. And Jesus said, don't freak out. He's not dead. The convulsion is the removing of that serpent spirit. The, you know, but, but there can be other signs, other ways that demons leave through coughing, yawning, mm-hmm. vomiting, blah, 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 blah. Um, just ex- expelling themselves somehow in a way that, you know, you say, it's a kind of a confirmation to us too that, okay, that something left, that wasn't me. Now, can demons live in people that are Christians? Well, demons can control people that are Christians. And where do you control someone? From within, of course. Um, but they, they cannot really operate in, I don't believe, this is my belief, you can do what you want with it. I believe they can operate definitely in our bodies, definitely in our souls, but not which is your mind, will, and emotions. But they cannot operate in your spirit, which is given to us by God to be aware of God's spirit. So in your spirit, you always have a, the source of truth. And so if you walk in the spirit, as the Bible says, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You won't be so tricked and deceived if you just walk in the spirit. But most people don't walk in the spirit consistently. They go back and forth between the soul, mind, will, and emotions, and the and the spirit and they get they dig a rut because they become confused. So can a Christian have a demon? Um, the Bible has, says nothing at all, not one verse about a Christian not having a demon. As a matter of fact, in the book of Acts, there's several people who got supposedly saved, followed the apostles, da-da-da, and they were still doing things that Peter mm-hmm. and the various ones had, like Simon Bar-Jonah or Simon bar what is his name? Simon? Simon the Sorcerer. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, various ones that were still, um, Peter said, get behind me, you have a spirit of bitterness and I don't know what are the, the other the gall of bitterness and the bond of iniquity is is within you, and so this so um, yes, believe it or not, just because you're saved doesn't mean all your bad habits go away. And who's the source of the bad habits? Who is the source of the control, the addictions, the self hatred, the bitterness? The who keeps the wounds fresh and alive inside of you that are maybe well, twenty years old? It is not the Holy Spirit. How about someone says, "Well, that's just me. It's just my flesh." Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just my... me is a perfect name, a perfect guise for Satan to come in and speak to you as just me or me, because you believe it is you, and that's exactly what he wants you to believe. This is the biggest trick the devil does or demons do in playing 
uh, against us is pretending to be us to convince yeah. us that we are the things that we're saying, seeing, feeling, and doing. And then we feel crazy because I am doing things I don't want to do. And so, so we're divided and we, we, we think we're going to lose our mind. We, if we put that entity as separate from us, then we don't lose our mind. We say, oh, whoa, there's a rat in my house. Having a rat, having a demon in your house does not make you a demon so, or a rat. So do we sometimes... Are we unknowingly accepting the presence and activity of dem- demons in our lives as believers because we say, well, this thing, you know, whatever this besetting sin is or whatever it is, mm-hmm. we think it's just, well, it's just, it's my flesh. It's just because of my mm-hmm. my fallen sinful nature. Okay. And I'm, I'm just going to Those gonna, are ex- excellent live, arguments. Those are excellent that. cover-ups. Just my flesh. Your flesh is fearfully, wonderfully made, the Bible says, but Paul also says, in my flesh dwells no good thing. Those spirits are dwelling in our flesh. They can dwell in your flesh. They can be a neurological disconnect in your body. They can be an interruption in your system. They can be a tumor. They can be a bulge. They can be a hernia. They can they can operate to make these things happen in your physical body. They can also operate as you pretending to be you in your mind, will, and emotions, and then they come as me. So if I say it's just me, people say, well, that is the way Satan tricks you into believing that what you're doing is you. You don't say, well, wait a minute. I am an I am made by the great I am. I'm a little I am, and I'm not a me. I'm not a reflection. If you look in the mirror and you point at yourself, you say, that's me. Well, that's not you. It's a reflection of you. So the demons are reflecting you back to you to get you with their thoughts using a personal pronoun I, for example, I am, I am afraid, I am depressed, I am never going to make it, nothing is ever going to change. And you think those are your thoughts, but how does the devil tempt us? How do the demons tempt us? In our minds, what do they do? They put their thoughts in your mind as if they were your thoughts, and then you act on them without ever resisting them. You mm-hmm. never say, whoa, who said that? Did the Holy Spirit, let, just ask yourself a couple questions. Who's talking to me right now? And was that the Holy Spirit who just said that? Is that the Holy Spirit that just said that thing that came out of my mouth? Was that the Holy Spirit? And if you can't say it was the Holy Spirit, then you're going to have to say, well, who was that then? And if it wasn't the, the daughter or son of the Most High God operating under the influence of the Holy Spirit, then it is the spirit of the enemy, the lying spirit. And, and so don't think that you're exempt from having demon activity in your body just because you're a Christian. This is one of the bigger tricks. And then there's this lie that Christians can't have demons. There's no verse that says Christians can't have demons or be tormented by demons. And you say, well, are they? But but here's the problem that the, the church believes that, well, if I have a demon, then I've got to go to hell. No, no, you don't. Because we don't go to heaven. You know, uh, every one of us is going to die with some sort of physical torment or attachment or something. And you're not going to get to heaven by being perfect anyway. You're going to get to heaven because of the blood of Jesus Christ. The salvation piece is like God buys the house. The sanctification piece is like getting out the rats out is the cleansing process. And you don't get to heaven based on on, on the cleansing, but on the purchase. And we've been purchased and bought and paid for by Jesus Christ. And we, we agreed to that deal. That's your salvation. That's why you get to heaven. And God is faithful, even in your process of life here, to get the demons out as we cooperate and walk with the Holy Spirit. No, but a it, lot of people don't have the right teaching because here's one more thing. The devil says, oh, you have a sinful human nature. Well, the Bible is full of examples of people who've sinned. They've done many things to sin. And so Satan says, oh, no, yeah, it's your sin. My original nature is not sinful 
and it's not human. It's made in the image of God. That's my original nature, made to love what God loves, hate what God hates. So I have a divine nature. And Satan says, no, no, we're going to change that now and base your your nature on your behavior. And because you're sinning, we're going to say you have a sinful human nature. And so that's not in the Bible that we have a sinful human nature. The Bible says we sin. The Bible, in any actually the word sin uh, is an adjective in, in the Greek. It's not a it's not a, a position of being. It's a you know the sin sinning sinner is an adjective in the Greek, and that means it's not, it's not a noun. Not a noun. Mm-hmm. So it's a description of a noun. It's a description of the person, mm-hmm. not the person. Mm-hmm. Well, is is this something? No, you think okay. There's demons everywhere. There might be demons in me. What uh, isn't that pretty scary? Absolutely, it should be very a scary encouraging oh. to know that there's so, there's hope and solution. You don't have to take more medications and demonic uh, what's remedies, whatever those remedies are that the world offers you. They're not they don't work. They only entrench the demons deeper in you. Um, and by the way, witchcraft the Greek word for witchcraft is pharmakia. Just put it together and see what you think. A lot of the pharmacia medications, over the counter, under the counter, in the back alleys, are just all there to enhance what the devil wants to do in your life. God has also given us remedies through the herbs and the medicines uh, that we get from Him. So the devil's kind of contaminating our our drugstore as well and using those things to concoct His evil. So whatever God has, Satan is counterfeited. He's but but the good news is that you don't have to be the habitation of a devil or a host of a demon, you, or many demons. You don't have to. And many of them are familiar spirits that have come down your bloodlines, your generational bloodlines. And so um, you're seeing yourself behave in a pattern that is very similar to what your people before you did, your parents, grandparents, whatnot. And, you know, oh, isn't she just like her grandma? Many of us are named after our grandparents and parents. And you'll find the ones of you that are named after somebody that's already lived, you're kind of like them, and that's kind of... A, because the familiar spirits are kind of trying to shape you again, like what they had going in that generation in that grandma. They're going to try to redo that in you. Um, only now there's many more demons because the hell has opened up and there's many more being released. They're, they were locked up for a time. Actually, after the flood, quite a few of them were locked up. And then um, the enemy, Mastama, went to God and said, can I have more help? I don't have enough help here. And so more demons have been released since then. And they'll be here until Jesus comes and cleanses the earth. So is there much more demonic activity today in 2021 than there has been in the past? I mean, uh, yeah. are, are we, <laughs> we, are, we have devised more ways um, to open up ourselves to the activities of demons Yeah, through, through our, our thinking, our habits. We have to realize our, there are only two sides. Media. There are only two sides in this war, God's and the devil's. And if you're compromised, that's what it would be. Uh, you're, if your immune system is compromised, if your spiritual system is compromised, you're going to be in the internal battle for a long, long time, and you may not ever get out of it. And many people actually die in the middle of a compromising internal uh, spiritual battle. And um, I, you know, I just we just have to go back to what Jesus said, what Jesus did, how Jesus handled the demons. Um, I just want to do one more verse in Mark chapter five, verse one. Um, he's talking. Um, they came to the other side. They had the conversation with the the demon possessed um, guys. I think it was. Uh, and then Jesus said, "Okay." He cried out with a loud voice, and the demon says, "What have I to do with 
you, Jesus, son of God, son of the most high God, I implore you, listen to this, devil, the devil's talking here, I, the demon, I implore you by God that you do not torment me. So he's religious. <laughs> oh, he's, he's using God. Okay, God, I'm, oh. he's making his deal based on his, you know, using God as, as one. As he, his witness. Yeah, yeah. And so Jesus said to him, come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him what was his name. Now, no, can we talk to demons? Yes. Uh, do you want to make a habit Do of they it? Use Probably scripture? no. Yes. yes. You know, if you if you um, worship me or jump down off this temple, the angels will catch you. So they're very clever in all that they can do. Um, but if you read through the, he says he says his name was Legion. Okay, so we have a conversation going on here. So we understand with the wrap up here that that these spirits have intelligence. They have conversations. They impersonate us to ourselves. They uh, build struggles in us. They compromise our systems. They can be in our bodies. They can be in our souls, mind, will, and emotion. And all that stuff going on in you does not make you a demon. If you're a believer, they have no right to be there. If you're not a believer, they have a right to be there. Uh, if you're a believer, they're squatters and they can be cast out because of our legal authority to claim our right as our bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit and they do not have a right to dwell there. Here, what Jesus said uh, in Matthew 10, 7 and 8, and as you go preach saying, the Amen. kingdom of heaven is at hand. Amen. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Amen. Freely you have received, freely give. So we, there's no place for fear. God has given his people authority Amen. over serpents and Hallelujah. scorpions and over all Praise the power don't. of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. you. That's what Jesus and said. And we thank you, Lord God, for the power and authority of the Holy Spirit, even to pray in tongues if you don't know how else to do it. And we thank you, Lord God, for anybody today who's listening who's tormented by a demon or thinks they might have one or whatever. May this be helpful. Bring it, Holy Spirit, back to their minds and hearts. Get them the help they need, the deliverance that they need, that they can be set free from these tormenting spirits. And not only that, but also fill those places up with a hunger for your word, with the revelation of your love and truth, that they may walk in freedom in these last days to give glory to Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, that Satan does not bind and steal from the Lord God that which is rightfully his. Amen. Amen. By the way, Life Recovery, check it out. Um, there's a lot of uh, information there, helpful things on demons. We have a thing called um, God on Trial, all about demons. Um, and um, who is the devil? Just various things that will be very helpful and appropriate, especially at this time of the year. And by the way, do yourself a favor and don't celebrate Halloween because anything you put on your porch that invokes or invites a demon is going to also affect yourself, your children, and, and, and your health. So just don't play with the devil. Don't, don't, don't invite him in. Don't entice him right. with, uh, you know, with, with these uh, invitations in Jesus' name. Amen. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.